start to put tension on my string drawback, I was like, okay, I'm gonna smoke. It's him. You can look at the horns when he's dead. I'm, I'm in, you know, in the zone. Let the arrow go is perfect. Uh, when they lose their front shoulders, yeah, you start, yeah, that's how you know. What's going on, guys? Episode 134, you said. 134 of the what? Of the White Cat Outdoors podcast. Tom is not hanging out with us tonight. Two weeks in a row. Yeah, he's being a bum lately. It's almost like he's not even on the podcast anymore. But Nick's here. You heard his voice. And uh, we're talking to a guy we've talked to a few times before. Uh, Good buddy of ours, owner of Turks and Tines, Scotty Thompson. What's going on, man? Hey guys, uh, nice to be here again. Anxious to uh, talk about trail cameras. Absolutely, you yeah. said you got plenty to talk about, so it oh, should yeah. be a good episode. We've been talking for an hour now about other <laughs> stuff before we even hit record. So <laughs> there's a lot to talk about. It's yeah. getting to be everybody's starting to get excited. You know, this time of the month, starting to get those July chores in, get anxious mm-hmm. for August, and then boom, we're yep. into it. So. Exactly, we've been going through trail cam picks, just getting a little bit of inventory. We've sure, been, we got. We're gonna do. Uh, all our food plots up in New York here pretty quick. We got corn in up there already. We got beans in up there. So Good. we've been a lot of work getting ready for deer season. So we're getting more and more amped up every day. Yeah, we have, um, you know, our, our fields, this is the first time they've been planted in beans. So we're anxious to see how, oh, really? how the deer react to it. Mm-hmm. First time ever. That, yeah. the, that we know of mm-hmm. and they're coming in really nice we wish we had a little bit more rain it's pretty know, pretty it's dry so, but uh, it's funny because last july we got just drowned out with rain yeah yeah bad. and this year we haven't had what two days of rain i in know july? not even two days of Our rain spring in july, though so. was pretty pretty wet yeah you know i was a little nervous for the for the poults, for the turkey poults. Yeah. You know, I think they took a little bit of a pound. And mm-hmm. just from what we're seeing on the cameras, like, you know, we had a couple pictures, but now we're seeing hens without little ones. That's mm-hmm. a little concerning. Yeah. So. Um, how, how big of a bean field did you do this year? We didn't do it. The farmer who leases okay. uh, the property, he usually does corn. So it's a big So field. it's it's big. It's, oh, okay. you know. So we've been struggling to get beans on our property up in New York for the past couple of years. We, we plant them ourselves, but. Um, and it's, it's the first time there's been beans there as well, but it's a smaller plot and they just mold. Oh, well, yeah. it's, it's all corn where we're at. I mean, you know, roughly where we're at. There. Sure. Um, it's all big cornfields everywhere. So we put this little soybean plot and it just gets hammered. I mean, and they start coming up real nice and we get excited. And then the next time we go up, gone before the beans even come up, they just eat, break them off right at the stems, eat the whole food plot and they're gone. And we've done yeah. that two years in a row. No luck. So this year we decided to do the fence trick. Very. Yeah. I was just going to suggest it. So uh, a friend of mine, Eddie Mahachek, do you, you guys know him? I know the name. I don't know yeah. him. Yeah. So well. he posted a picture last year of over-browsing for his bean field. And they, same as you guys, turned it into dirt. Yeah, exactly. So he uh, overseeded it, put up a fence, and you should have seen it by the time archery season rolled around. It was just lush, lush. Uh-huh. So they do work. 
So highly recommend it. Well, it's been up for about a week and a half, and the beans are they're about three inches tall or so. Like they're just starting to germinate and come up, um, and there's not a single deer track in that all, all yeah. through there. Which yeah. is it's key. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I, I couldn't believe. I mean, we spent over five hundred dollars on putting up a fence. You know, with <laughs> we, we oh, lost money well spent. Though. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, we chuckle because it's like, you know, we're doing all this just to hunt them. But at the same time, it's like that's the only hobby we have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to take the time to do it, you might as well just take the extra step just to have it done right. Because exactly. what's the point? Yeah. You, you know, you're not even going to have any food Yeah, if you're going to plant it just for them oh, to eat it before I the mean, season. I mean, they're so hard on that stuff. That yeah. brassicas, same way here. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they're gone. It, it's, a, it's a dirt, you know, just a dirt field. And then you got what we usually do when it gets over browse is we go back through with rye and overseed it with that you know mm-hmm. but fence is definitely the way to go yeah we did like no the doubt. two walls of fence electrified and basically you stagger the two fences put at varying heights and everything and it, it for whatever reason it's supposed to mess with their eyes but and i can see looking at it how it could totally throw somebody off or throw a deer off anyway yeah um but then they're electrified too so i don't know which one works better being electrified or having them two too wide or what yeah i don't know do you guys have cameras on it uh we have not yet only because um we've got some timber getting taken off the property right now oh and okay didn't want to risk putting cameras and just you don't know i mean I don't, like well i i'll tell you what i have a good i have a good story let me tell you guys a story <laughs> real quick. so last winter i don't know if you guys seen a picture i posted it was right about when the, the antlers were dropping, and it was a, a trail cam picture of a couple of deer standing there in the deep snow, and there was an antler laying there in the snow. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I probably, but it was too deep to go up, and it's a, it's a, it's 500 yards off the road. I wasn't going up in there. So yeah. a few weeks go by, the snow starts going down. I hoof it up in there with a, a shovel, and <laughs> I go looking for it, and, and it's not there. I kept double checking the pick, double checking. It was there. It was there. Now it's not there. <laughs> so we had loggers in there logging, and we found out that one of the the Amish logger picked it up and kept it. So we reached out to the company, and mm-hmm. we haven't we haven't got it back. And we found his other side. He's a really nice eight, like really, really nice. Yeah, like 130 inch. I mean, he's nice. Yeah, that's, that's really nice. And uh, so. We're, uh, and we found his one side in one of the, uh, one of the ruts, mm-hmm. one of the skitter ruts. Yeah. All I see is about two inches of the tine in the mud reached <laughs> out. It was a, it was a huge find. So yeah. then I'm like, I want that other side. Mm-hmm. Gotta so go get it now. We, yeah. So we're, uh, we're still waiting to get that phone call, but yeah, that's why I couldn't find it. Cause <laughs> I stole it. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. I didn't even really, to be honest, I didn't really think about like it getting taken. I was more. You know, if loggers are going through their big equipment, running felling over trees oh, everywhere, yeah. I was like, you know what? It's not really worth putting out a several hundred dollars worth of cameras everywhere for one oh, to get no, destroyed with, yeah. or something. So, no, there's no, I guess, long-winded answer to say no, that there's no cameras. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, oh, we man. did put cameras out on another piece that we hunt, um, and they're slow. I mean, they've only been out like three days. Yeah. So... I'll tell you what, we have them out right now too, but the only reason that I'm doing it, it's more for, I take an inventory of the predation. Like, what are we dealing with here? How many, how many coyotes in the area? Do we got to bring the guy in with the dogs? You mm-hmm. know, cause we do once, you know, usually once a year we bring a guy in, they, they smoke, you know, yeah. six, eight, 
mm-hmm. you know, coyotes in a weekend. Yeah. But it's been pretty, pretty lean. A couple fox moving back in, but I don't think they're that hard on stuff. So I, this time of year, but we got a bad coon problem in one of the sections. Mm-hmm. So I want to get a, the trapper in there this year, get mm-hmm. some, get some coon out. So right now it's more, it's not even so much deer because this time of year, you really, you don't want those big bucks on your property right now. No, because they could disappear. They could definitely disappear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, something might move in, but something might not, mm-hmm. you know, so. What's. What's your reasoning for not wanting them on the property? Is it just what Frank said, or do you have? Is it go deeper than that for you? What's that? Why you don't want those big bucks on your property? Well, right not now? that they. Well, because nine times out of ten, that their summer, their summer areas and their their fall and winter areas are totally different. Okay. Yeah, their springs where they where they spend their time in the spring and summer, most of the time isn't where they're going to spend their fall and winter times. I Makes mean, sense. we see it all. We see it all the time. You know. Well, Flyer Buck's a good example. He's seven and a half years old. We had no pictures, and I had cameras every 20 feet looking for him last summer. (laughs) Not one picture of him until right before he came out of velvet. We didn't even have a picture of him. We laid eyes on him. So mm-hmm. and then and then once the velvet come off, all of a sudden we're starting seeing pictures. But where he, wherever he summered wasn't on our property. Mm-hmm. He would just show up closer to season. Yeah. So, but we have we have bucks now that you know they have little. You can see you can start seeing like little stickers and stuff. You start getting excited about them, and mm-hmm. then once fall comes, you never see them. I go back and compare pictures. Like, is that him? That no, no, yeah. <laughs> not, not him. So, like you said, so right now your cameras aren't really out for like hunting bucks per or per se. It's more to survey what's going on on your property and what adjustments you need to make. Right. Yeah, that's exactly what's going on. I want to see how the uh, the fawns how the fawns did. You know, it's more of a management like like deer, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what moms are throwing the twins and triplets like we got a, uh, you know, we've had the same doe now. She's she's thrown uh, uh, twins now for like three years in a row. You know, she's just a really good mom. And, and uh, so, you know, once we see once we start seeing that, you know, we get get excited about, you know, everything looks good, like they're comfortable there and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Just from the management standpoint of those deer, what, what keeps them there, you know, Mm-hmm. Do we need to do anything else different? And I don't know. Everything looks looks good so far. We're just keeping up on the clover plots, keeping the grass out of them. More of the that maintenance, you know. Yeah. Get ready for you know fall planting, which is coming up here a few weeks, yeah. a couple weeks really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, we're, very soon. We're looking at uh, Tom and I. We're going up to spray our beans this week, and then in two weeks. I think two weeks is we're, we're going to go plant. Okay, there you go. It's perfect. So, yeah, yeah, we got we've got what one two three. Four, four food plots we want to do in that mm-hmm. weekend they're smaller food yeah plots, they're but, little but um but yeah two weeks out from that mm-hmm. cool uh, bears too like you know not not too much you can do about it but you know mm-hmm. I, I mean just keeping you know like what's there you know what's what's and we got a couple bears on the property but it seems mm-hmm. like it's less than what there usually is like mm-hmm. we've had up to seven different bears in the summertime no kidding you know usually like a four is a is a pretty common number but mm-hmm. I, I think maybe two so far this year and that's it nice. so that's not too bad you know mm-hmm. so i'm pretty happy with the way the predation is right now so we've nice. had i've noticed because we had a real heavy logging they leveled the whole property um and the coyotes this year have been absolutely absurd, which I kind of expected with all that brush, you know, because it sure. was a straight clear cut. All yeah. that brush, there's rabbits and oh, you know, whatever else, sure. all kinds of small game. And they're 
every single camera that I've checked, it's they were only out for a couple weeks, and they've loaded with coyotes. Just yeah. ridiculous. So yeah. Yeah, Definitely. and that's when, you know, there's a lot of guys that offer their services, and they just mm-hmm. like killing coyotes, like, with thermal. With yeah, their thermal, yeah, yeah, you know, And they come in with their ARs and thermal, ex-military mm-hmm. guys, and they yeah. reach out to me all the time. If you guys ever want help with them, you yeah. know, just call. Well, Tom's been getting into that. He's got all his thermal gear. He just bought oh, it this really? past year, so he's been getting into Oh, yeah, Tom getting looks into ex-military it, so. now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it, well, that's it's, good. His like, setup's really nice. Yeah. So you're gonna to want to get him in there and yeah, start no stacking doubt. them up. Mm-hmm. There's actually some nice dogs in there too. So Is he'd, there? he'd have a great time with it. Yeah. <laughs> Between that and your your dad getting some snares in there, mm-hmm. you guys should. Yeah, no doubt. Be we'll, able to wipe them out. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. So moving into like deer season and everything, um, the locations of your cameras now, does it change? Come closer to the season, like when you're getting ready to start tracking like bucks and which ones you want to hunt do your cameras move at all from where they're at right now they do a little bit so what what we do once it starts getting a bit a little bit closer um i'll start adding some cameras uh just around the perimeter just to make sure that because uh they're they're you know the way they come into into our food plots and leave it, it does change a little bit here and there especially between certain bucks so mm-hmm. I want to see who's who's using what this time of year. Mm-hmm. So I'll strategically go ahead and put and and see who's using what. And then as the season wanes, like if I if I can get sort of one, I wouldn't say pattern, but see which one's using it more often, mm-hmm. then I'll start shrinking uh, less and less cameras onto a certain point. But the one one of the things that we're doing this year is a lot less cameras just scattered. Because mm-hmm. it's not so much about just getting good pictures. It's about you know you're, we're concentrating on one particular buck. You know, just mm-hmm. your your you know your target buck. I was just going to ask you when you were kind of saying that. Do you set your cam like you get this buck on camera? You got this one buck. That's your target buck, right? Do you then focus your cameras do. for him? Yep. We start shrinking our cameras down smaller and smaller and try to concentrate on that area and try not to overhunt it, which is you know. And you, you talk to all the guys that, that hunt big bucks. That's one of that's one of the things that they mm-hmm. pay real close attention to is overhunting these these big bucks. Yeah, because you can go in you can go in the woods and kill a buck pretty much any day of the week. Oh, but no doubt to kill that target buck, you know that that upper age class, that you know four mm-hmm. and a half year old plus. You're not going to go yep, kill him any day of the not week. Not any day of the week, and and so that strategy of you know. Uh, we're, we're introducing more cell cameras and we're also introducing more black flashes because we have seen in some bucks, not all of them flyer was one, like one day he wouldn't, he didn't like that flash in his face. And the next night didn't, didn't mind it. So I don't know why, hmm. but it's just funny. I just don't want anybody to have any issues with the cameras. Yeah. So that, that we're going to start it. We, we've already started purchasing black flash. What are I, what do you, I've never even heard of the black. So, flash. What so is that? ours right now, they're all IR. So the, yeah, yeah. the infrared, you know, it's like that little red glow, mm-hmm. you know, and it, so there's the, the white flash. It's like a, yeah, just a, a light, you know, just yeah. the light. And then there's the IR and then mm-hmm. there's the black flash that it emits no light at all. And how does that work? Like what is, uh, well, it's, it's, it's black. I don't know. Hmm. It's not as uh, like the pictures aren't as crisp at night, but it's gives you, know, you the information it, you yeah, need. It does. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Like you said, it's not about like high quality pictures. It's more or less trying to make sure that you're targeting a specific buck and you don't need 
you know, a, that any kind of yeah. You don't need, yeah. You don't need mm-hmm. 4K video to figure out which buck is what. Right, like, and yeah. it's and it's acceptable. Those those black flashes are. I mean, it's it's only a little bit less light, yeah. you know, than than the IR. So. But you know, I've been doing some reading about the white those those white flashes, and they're saying the white flash spooks less deer than the IRs. So it has really? something to do with about that red light they they seem to don't like. So, but huh. I don't but I don't know. I I've seen it so many different ways, but we're just we're just going to do it this year, um, just because it's all part of that. You know, you guys know I like that those Tacticam reveals. Yep, yep. So they they make this new camera called the XB which has the GPS and it's black flash. So mm-hmm. that's why we're, and we're getting into solar now too. So yeah, everything yeah. on a, just because, you know, we're running lithiums and the price of lithiums now are so ridiculous. It's not yeah. that far off from a solar panel. Yeah, so we've already well. bought three and uh, we're having good luck with them. So we're going to go ahead and start introducing them on all our, yeah, my on, dad's got cell cams. two solar panels. Yeah. He got two Tacticams this year and he's okay, got good. solar panels yeah. on them. That's a good way of going. Mm-hmm. That way you don't want to go, you don't have to go in there for anything. There's no reason yeah. to. Mm-hmm. So you order your, you know, if you want to see it clear, you can go ahead and order your HD picture right on the app. So we really like that that concept. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I meant to ask this earlier, but have you calculated like a camera density for your property, like a number of cameras per acreage or anything like that, like just to give people an idea of like well, how much you're using cameras on your property? Uh well, we're running we're running about thirty cameras right now, and but like I said, we're not even going to be putting most probably not even half of them out because we're like I said we're switching things up a little bit. I don't mm-hmm. want to go in there as much that that we usually do. Like we used to go back in there every two weeks, pulling cards, look, you know, get get excited about seeing these pictures. But like I said, I'm switching the game up. I want to go in there less and have that information coming to me. Uh, just just through the cell cams mm-hmm. is that's what that's my ultimate goal so you know some guys they run you know they say i've heard anywhere between one and three cameras per 50 acres and we're doing way more than that well we were you know i was gonna say i i know i do way more than that <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know that would put six cameras in climber and i know that there's way more than that yeah yeah so I don't, you know, I don't, I've never seen having too many cameras was a bad thing, you mm-hmm. know, cause they say, you know, each camera only gives you about 30% of information yeah. anyway, mm-hmm. you know, so it's one, crazy. One thing that uh, stuck out the last time we, or maybe the first time we talked, um, was you, you have multiple cameras on the same food plot Do and seeing that, uh, there's a certain buck that'll only show up on one of those cameras on that food yeah, plot. Yeah, flyer was one like that. I, I, it was one of those things that I never realized. That, yeah. You know, because we, we put cameras on every food plot, but it's one camera on every food plot. Yeah. And it was just pretty neat to hear that, that like, hey, you know, there's so oh, much yeah. more going on in that food plot that you aren't even seeing now. Big time. Like that was, um, we had six cameras around this small cornfield, and he was only getting picture on one, one camera. Like it, it was always like one in the morning. So like it, you you think you got it all covered and you really not even you really close. not even close yeah so it's funny how that that works so You're so make people yeah freak if, out if you can they don't have enough cameras <laughs> <laughs> well it's, you know it's it's all it's eventually the that you know that that buck that you're looking for is gonna probably walk by that camera you just don't know when you mm-hmm. know you just don't know when uh, yeah. 
all bucks are different. It's just, it's a, you know, I, I equate it a lot like people because we're all different deer mm-hmm. the same exact way. No buck is, is the same. Yeah. You know, they all have their own little quirks and personalities and some of them love to get in their picture taken and some of them, mm-hmm. you won't see them until like late archery, you know, mm-hmm. once or twice and that's it during the rut, you know, yeah. things like that. So now, have you done any, um, like where you put a camera facing one way and then like a camera, like almost like the same tree facing the other way to see if, you know, bucks are trying to skirt a camera or anything. Like, have you ever do two, set, two on two on one tree? Or I guess if not two on one tree, but like two in the same, pretty much same location to see if you're oh, missing yeah. something around. Yeah, we've done it before. And, and uh, sure, it's see? just a, yeah, it's a and some a lot of times you get the same same deer. That's what we've we've noticed. Um, yeah, we've never had anything earth shattering, like, oh my God, you know, I'm glad we, we covered this area. <laughs> oh, okay. No, yeah. it's the, the trails are there. The, one of the things that, that I think is important uh, for our inventory is doing mock scrapes. Mock scrapes has been a really game changer for us. I mean, because any buck and pretty much any deer in that area is going to come and, and sniff around those, uh, those mock scrapes. Mm-hmm. We really like them for inventory. So- how are you setting up your mock scrapes? Cause I've heard a couple different ways people do it. I'm just interested to hear how your method is. So I got, I, I took my, uh, I really like Jeff Sturges. I don't know if you guys know yeah. who he is. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's um, trying to think he does like all of the whitetail habitat solutions. Is that's that what it. it is? Yeah. Okay. So I took his advice cause he has so many videos on it and we have a lot of grapevines on, on my property. So, uh, that's what, that's exactly what I did from three quarters to one inch in diameter, six foot long, strung them up a tree. And, uh, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Brian Keitlinger suggested that I go ahead and take my saw and cut little striations in the, down low on the vine. And then that way we use gland lure, like forehead gland, your orbital yep, gland. Yep. And I drip that, I, whatever gland I decide to use, I'll go ahead and drip that in those striations so it holds that holds gland in there. Instead of just dripping right yeah, off. Yeah, and it seems to work really well. Now, do you do your mock scrapes? Because I've heard different schools of thought on this. Do you only do them like when you would think a deer is making a scrape? Or do you do them all year long? Because I've heard some people say deers are, you know, a deer is going to make a scrape in may or whatever june and some people deer. say no, you're, they're only going to do it more in october november no the, deer make scrapes uh year round yeah it's exactly. not a, yeah. yeah it's a it's the the rubs you know i mean mm-hmm. the bucks are making the rubs during the during the rut you know but we will see deer this time of year rubbing on those their forehead gland yeah you know they'll they'll get rubbing on their face they'll they'll mm-hmm. hit that orbital gland like they're, they're rubbing all up on those vines this time of year yeah they, they do so it, do you... they do it year round but but all our vines are out right now but i haven't treated anything okay since last year my they're but they're out you know they're mm-hmm. they're open i just checked them not that long ago like all the leaves are away from them like i don't i don't know how much pollen's going on but they're not covered up with leaves i tell mm-hmm. you that so are you just like fastening it into a tree, like on a limb a little bit higher up, which is like zip ties or something, or is that how you're doing it? Uh, how am I attaching? Hadn't, the... Yeah, hanging the vine. Well, what I usually do is uh, 
what we usually do is when we do a mock scrape, we try to do it on a trail that's already being used. So like yeah. we'll take an inventory, you know, if the, I, we're not trying to change the deer's path. We're just trying to enter something yeah, in just, his just way. to slow them down, get, get some good pictures of them, you know, of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and then usually there's a stand real close by too, mm-hmm. you know, strategically placed and everything, but usually we'll tie a rope on it and I'll, I'll cut a uh, sapling. I'll bend that branch down a little bit so it hangs vertical right over that scrape is what is what we usually do. How high up is the bottom of the vine from the ground? About, about our belt. About, about your belt. Yeah, is how we do it. Keep it up off the ground about waist high. Okay. So, yeah, that's how we do it. And it's been working great. Like, it's been a game changer for us. Yeah, like, I've, I've heard of guys using rope about, like, three-quarter inch thick, like that untreated hemp rope. But I, I've also heard that, you know, if you have access to vines in that same size, that it works just as good. Um, I just, it was, I, it's funny that, like, I, within the last two weeks was the first time I heard of somebody hanging, like, ropes yeah. or something. And then you brought up that that's yeah. similar. Well, you know, what I, you know what they rub on a lot, too, just because just I get a lot of pictures of it in videos, is we got yardage markers, you know, those, those fiberglass stakes yeah, yeah. for your, you know. Mm-hmm. Or, driveway markers. Uh, the driveway markers. We have those out for yardage markers, you know, uh, you know 20, 30, 40. Mm-hmm. Deer rub on those all the time. Like really? crazy. You huh. would think, yeah, you, I mean, all the time. You so, have and then year round, oh, yeah, videos of them. Wow. Yeah. You think they'd get, get like slivers or something. So. <laughs> you would think, yeah, all the time. And so getting a new hunting product. <laughs> <laughs> Start making mock scrapes with those. So, so yeah, it's. Uh, I'll tell you what, I I uh, huge fan of mock scrapes, and I I don't think I think if you're not using it, you're missing out. Yeah. So yeah, that's I've been reading a lot about mock scrapes in the last couple of weeks, and that's when I I haven't seen Sturgis's stuff on YouTube, yeah. but I've watched a lot of his videos for um, uh, habitat improvement when it comes like hinge cutting and stuff. Oh, yeah. I never really dove into his mock scrape videos, but I'm gonna. Definitely yeah, he's really now. good on food plots and mock scrapes. That's that's mm-hmm. the main thing that I concentrate. Oh, I listen to him for everything, but he, those are the two things. And the one thing I like about him is he's in our geographical region. Like he's that helps Wisconsin, so much. Wisconsin, yeah. Minnesota, uh, Michigan, Ohio, PA, New York. That's why he concentrates all this mm-hmm. northern tier. So that's the other part I like about it. You know. Yeah. When he talks food plots, we know that he's in that cold region, so yeah, it yeah, must apply to us. It's tough for me to like, you know, really believe in something when it's coming from like Iowa or Illinois or something, just because it's. I know it doesn't necessarily match what we have here. Yeah, you know? or Georgia, Florida, yeah, you know, yeah Texas, Southern states. Like it, yeah. yeah, it's not the same. It's thing. not the same. You can apply a little bit of knowledge here or, and there, but for the most part, it's like well, that yeah. concepts there, but yeah, it's yeah. not yeah. quite the same. Not the same. No. So do you hunt those mock scrapes, or do you just use those for your cameras, or do you make separate mock scrapes when you're going to hunt them? Both. Both, Both, yeah. Um, And it depends on who's hitting it. You know, Mm -hmm. like this this one scrape that Flyer was hitting a lot two years ago, he never hit it once last year. I kept a camera on it all season. Waiting for him. Yeah, until we killed him, and he never did hit it once. (laughs) And he was in it all the time. Yeah. The year prior. Why? What changed? You mm-hmm. know, he was close. He was in the neighborhood. He just never hit it. You think yeah. he was just scent checking it from, you know. I don't know. The videos were saying he was hitting it. Like no, I'm, was... I'm saying the year that he didn't hit it. Do you wonder if he was maybe just like scent checking it and like just coming downwind of it? I don't, or? I don't think so. I, I just, I just had no pictures of him. Other bucks were tearing it up. Just he didn't. 
mm-hmm. you know and there was he was he was the the king in that in that castle like he, there was no mm-hmm. competition mm-hmm. Uh, i don't know just something he just didn't hit that one huh yeah. do, you, do you add any sensor lures to the dirt below like in the mock scrape itself we do i'll do a uh, uh interdigital gland lure and that's all we do. We I don't get into any any of the uh, the urines. Mm-hmm. I, I I use Smokey's uh, gland lure is the the brand name. He's out of West Virginia, and I really like his stuff. So you guys check him out. You know, mm-hmm. I just like him because I like West Virginia. You know, those mm-hmm. those guys down there they seem to know their stuff. And they're what I like about it, you keep it cool and it, it'll stay forever. You know, it's it's a it's a gland, so it's not like it's yeah, going to break gonna, down. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Do you, so this is kind of like a weird question, but I've heard multiple opinions. My grandpa's got one way, but like, do you, have you ever like peed in scrapes yourself or do you? Yeah, that's a you, Jeff Sturgis thing. Yeah. Are you for or against it? Uh, I'm, I'm for it. I, I've, yeah, I don't think it doesn't mess them up at all, which is funny though, because we've activated scrapes from scratch and just activated it by just peeing in it and they hit it right away. But I've peed out of my tree stand before and had deer turn themselves inside out. So I don't know really? what's up with that. Yeah. yeah. Why? What? What? Th- why? Why are we so spooky? Yeah. You know? So, so it, wonder... it's like you said, every deer has its own personality. Yeah. And, it, and that's the thing, it, you know. And and Jeff's a big fan of just peeing out of your stand. But mm-hmm. you know what? I I don't know. I just I've seen too many things. And so, you know, it could be just that one buck just doesn't like yeah. it and he's out. You know. I yeah. think it was Jeff that I read um, made a comment about how. Like all urine, regardless whether it's deer, human, or anything, eventually it breaks down to a, basically just ammonia, and the deer can't tell whether it came from a bear, yeah, a rabbit, a squirrel. It. All they know is it's not theirs. But it takes about twenty <clears throat> minutes. Yeah, so I'm wondering if like peeing out of the tree stand was it? Maybe it was too quick in time, like he peed and he came through and got a whiff uh, of it. It could too also early. have something to do about uh, what you ate that day. You know, yeah. what you Much drank. Asparagus. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> 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 so yeah, yeah I, I don't know my grandpa has always like you know if we're heading to the stand when i was real little and stuff he saw a scrape he'd always pee in it on the way in and i mean i never really understood why um but it does seem like i've done the same thing with cameras and on mock scrapes or which i've never gotten into like the ropes or anything but i've noticed that they hit it right away yeah once they start hitting it. it we pretty much leave it alone i mean you're not gonna beat so you're not you know, adding the smell sense. of nature. No, once we get it going, pretty much just once leave they it. start adding their own stuff to it, just let them keep doing it. Done. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, once yeah. they start, they're freshening it up for you, really. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's exactly right. So they get that their gland on it. Yeah, and like I said, all the everybody's hitting it. The fawns, does, everybody's hitting yeah, it. Yeah, they're so all. Mm-hmm. That's good enough for me. We don't even we don't even touch them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and like you said, with, if you put a cell cam on that, you don't have to introduce any of your scent to it. Just let them do yeah, all, all their right. own stuff. So uh, I wanted to ask you to like kind of break down like one specific buck that you've used cameras to um, hunt down and kill. And the one that stuck out to me the most was the like, the first time we talked. You had a buck that you had narrowed it down to doing two different things, and you and Brad were able to set up on those two different things um to kill it like oh I was, yeah i can't remember what buck that was but i was hoping you could kind of break it down how you use cameras to locate that buck and figure out he was traveling he's, he's gonna do this or that and you know like how you knew that basically well the only reason that i got turned on is because he, he sort of disappeared and we found out the neighbor hit him in archery season 
which is just the adjoining property next mm-hmm. to us. And the, and I knew where this guy's stand was. So the only way, that, so I was thinking, well, he must have been using this. And I went looking for him, and I and he he the guy told me where it went. And I looked all weekend for this for this buck being dead, and I never found him. I'm like, I think he's alive. So I moved cameras down to where I thought the corridor this buck used to where it put him right in position for this kid to get a shot at it. And that's when I started getting pictures of him. He was using that corridor down there along mm-hmm. the creek. And so I started lining up cameras on some other trails that I thought that would feed down. And that's when I started getting pictures of him. But when I got the full draw on him in, uh, it was Halloween night and I couldn't get a shot at him. I knew he was either going to be up on top or down down below with me. That's when Brad and I split, and mm-hmm. he he just happened to hit the upper spot before he came down to me. But I knew he was coming. That's that was his corridor. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just one of those things. You know, I wouldn't have known it if I had if you I couldn't not get cameras on it. Yeah, well, yeah. If, if I didn't know that information, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, you put a camera on pretty much every trail. I don't want. I don't like going down in there. It's way down. It's deep in there, and mm-hmm. I I don't like going that deep. But sometimes you got to get aggressive. Yeah. So, yeah. So, How aggressive will you get before you like feel like you might be doing damage? And... I, I I'll do damage. <laughs> I did, I did damage last year. Yeah. You know, I I do think I did damage with Flyer last year. Mm-hmm. Had three encounters with him. He went nocturnal and he actually moved a little bit. And uh that was that was that. The last time I got close, I was at 60 yards and mm-hmm. I just don't think he he like he, he he knew I was hunting him. He yeah. just, he shut it down. I had day picks of him, days I wanted to get out and hunt. I was working. Mm-hmm. You know, he was there, you know, yeah. sticking his middle finger up at the camera. <laughs> like, he was, yeah. So, what, so. what information, um, like, obviously you've got pictures of him, but what information are you using based on those pictures to decide, like, to narrow it down to two different spots he may be on one given night? Well, like what I did with Flyer, I just made a map. And I had dates, wind directions, and and where he was at. So I was that's how ask I about did wind it. direction. Wind direction is huge, and you know, and what times he was at, when, you know, when he was day walking, what time, you know, everything. So you, and, I, and I would put an arrow what direction he was going. That's how I was figuring out what he was doing. So you're using like the timestamp as well, so you could see okay, big he's time in this direction for and sure. Then 45 minutes later, he's over here. So yep. you kind of yeah. And, and all of a sudden, I see in a I see in a pattern like I had a cluster of dates and times in this one particular area and that's when i started like he spent a lot of time right here so mm-hmm. did you use like google maps or anything to lay this out or was it just i like just hand, i hand yeah yeah with my the my, old my, 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 my kindergarten drawing skills <laughs> <laughs> broke out the crayolas i did i did i did i still but, have that thing somewhere but that's how i do it and you know it's going to be different with every every one some are you know. so do you you'll do that map for like at the beginning of the year when you pick okay this is the buck rafter about when do you start that map for him well that was the that was really the first time that's how bad i wanted him and he was like i said i i was having so many pictures but i just couldn't pin it down i couldn't keep track i was seeing a lot of different bucks and i just i had i had to just like all right i need to draw this out because i was getting confused on you know i couldn't there was i was getting so many pictures i couldn't keep track of time direction all Mm -hmm. of it so that's why i made the map some are way more predictable than he was you Mm -hmm. know so it's just just like anybody, you know, as as uh, the rut is, you know, as the rut gets closer, they start they start day walking a lot more. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I had no pictures of him all summer. And then all of a sudden he sheds his velvet and all of a sudden I get tons of pictures. So mm-hmm. he was just that was just him. 
So it's funny. I just don't know where he went. So. So I had I warned you at the beginning. We had a few listener questions uh, yeah. come through. I wanted to cover um, Tom since he wasn't here. He the only thing he wanted uh, he asked was how you target one specific deer. Um, so he did participate cameras. in this episode. Um, which, which that one I don't know. I feel like that's what we just did. Um, so I don't yeah. know if we have to really dive back into that. Like that question pretty much answered itself there. Um, but I'll start with. Uh, Chase Schultz, 28, from Instagram, um, and he's asking what the best cellular camera for the price is, that, in your opinion. I, I just don't think you can beat the Tacticam reveals. I think for that price point, for $120 cell cam, the apps are great. The, the customer service is better. I think that's where it's at. I really do. I, you know? I actually found two Reveal Xs at Walmart, so like last year's for eighty nine bucks. That's a great price. Like I was like, I, how can you walk by that? Yeah, even yeah. for a decent camera, not being a cell camera, one hundred and twenty bucks is a good price for I a agree. good camera. I agree. Throw the cell on top yeah. of it, and everybody says, "Oh, Spartans blow them away." This blow, yeah, it's a four hundred dollar camera. You know, <laughs> I, it's a four to one. Like, how do you? How? Yeah. How can you justify it? Mm-hmm. You know. So I don't know. They they treat that. I really like those cameras. I think they take great great photos, great video. I that's it for the price. Do you use um, more photo or video for your cell camera? Just started switching over to video last year. I think it gives us a lot more information now that we're using the the the, uh, the solar panels. Mm-hmm. Not worried about it chewing up the batteries is bad. Dad and I have been using videos for a long time. We've talked to a lot of other people. They're like, oh, I don't really need. I don't want to sit there and watch a 30 second video or 20 second, whatever, however long it is. They just want to click through pictures. It's like, well, a lot of different stuff can happen. Or if the camera gets tripped by this dough at the very end of the video, the last three seconds of that 30 second video, a buck walks into frame, right? You wouldn't have got that if you had your three photo burst and then a 30 second break or whatever. That's right. yep. So you get a lot more with that video. Oh, big and time. We've been doing it. it we don't way more information. battery life. Be damned. We don't care. Like we'll change batteries if For we need sure. to, because yeah. that, that information is super important. Very important. It takes yeah. way longer to check your cameras. Back yeah. It's, it's a chore, <laughs> but it's worth it. You know, <laughs> scanning through like single shots versus a 10 second video. Yeah. yeah. You You're watching time, a feature length. It's, film flipping through cameras <laughs> but it's it's i think it's worth it though like for same reasons frank said and a lot of times i'll set mine up for 60 seconds because i want as much information as possible mm-hmm. i don't care about batteries i want well, like you said, I, if you're doing it let's do it yeah you know exactly so yeah. yeah um next one is from toasty beard 99 it's our buddy ben um he's asking so if you got like a new piece of property which I don't know how much experience you have with that, but where would you put cameras on a new piece um, to get you know, just intel on what you've got going on there? I'd start with intersecting trails, uh, first of all. I mean, you're going to have to, because you, you got to start somewhere. You know, where, where's your food? You know, how are they, how are they using it? Where are they bedded? You know, mm-hmm. you got you to you start there. You know, how are they using that property? That's exactly where I would start. And I'd start doing small plots. That's how we started. Mm-hmm. We just started doing small little throw and grow plots and started getting inventories that way. How are the deer are using this? Get so, it, you know, them coming in, them coming out. For the throw and grow plots, would you do them near intersecting trails or something like where deer are already, are already moving through? Uh, we did. That's exactly what we did. It was just a, it was any, any little clear cut that was like natural to where it wasn't going to, you know, we didn't have to cut trees down because yeah, yeah. that's how we did it. 
Hell, we were putting little, uh, you know, at that time we just had these little rototillers. You know, actually we were putting, we were do, doing the handheld rototillers, throwing them in the back of the side-by-side and taking them deep and doing it that way mm-hmm. back in the day. We don't do that anymore. But mm-hmm. when we first learned in the property, that's what we did. Yep. Little, little kill plots. Yeah, little kill plots. So the second part of his, well, he actually, has th- it was a three-parter, um, but his second part was videos or pictures, which we answered just in his videos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the third part of his question was, how often are you checking cameras that aren't cell cameras? So if we don't do them every two weeks, it takes forever to get through them. It's thousands of pictures. I mean, it, it sometimes it's an upwards of um, twenty, you know, twenty thousand every two weeks. So it's forty thousand pictures a month. Like that's a lot to go through. Yeah, it's a long time. You know, especially. And then if you're doing videos, that's it's a long time. Yeah. So, so we don't like to do it two weeks. It's almost a necessity because you'll be days going through it. Because a lot of times, like, especially when the rut comes and you're seeing different bucks and, you know, trying to get as much information, we'll switch everything from one photo to three photos on the regular cameras. So, boom. So, if it's, if it's taking one, it's taking three. So, you got to get through all those pictures. <laughs> and so, it's just time, you know. But, mm-hmm. but yeah. So, this next one's actually for all three of us um, from Dirk X 814 He wants to know what's the craziest thing we, you've caught on a trail camera. Ooh, the craziest thing. I have my answer if you want to think about it. Okay, yeah, go um, ahead. For so for me, um, a couple of years ago or several years ago, we craziest thing I, would, I guess would be we had a coyote peeing directly on top of a mineral block. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like that was probably the weirdest. I, I've never caught anything like totally wild, but yeah, that was an interesting kind of funny thing we saw. Was, we've 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 had a lot. One of the one of the. Actually, a couple of recent ones. I, I posted a picture of it. One was, you guys ever see that that famous Beatles uh, album cover where the it's the three, you know, the the Beatles, the group. They're mm-hmm. they're all they're walking mm-hmm. they're walking across like across uh, the road. Abbey Road. Yeah, I think yeah, is the it's name. Abbey Road. Yep. Well, I have four turkeys, and there's only one out of step compared to all the Their Beatles. Their legs are going the in the same. same direction as the Beatles. Exactly. <laughs> I swear. And I, I have that picture. That was pretty cool. That's hilarious. And I have a bear. Uh, had a, I found a dead deer in the woods uh, like late winter. There was still snow on the ground. I, and I put it on there just, just to see. I put a cam- I moved a camera to it just to see what was coming to it. And I got a fisher on there. Mm-hmm. Love getting, you know, videos of fisher. I think they're just yeah. cool-ass critters, you know. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, and I don't know, about a month went by, and this, this bear come out of hibernation and, and got a hold of it <laughs> and then grabbed it and then just took it <laughs> right out right this out of frame now. yeah <laughs> took it about 80 yards and polished it off so that's funny so that was that was a pretty cool video because mm-hmm. he was working at it working at it he finally said screw this he just l- <laughs> l- l- latched onto it and took it that's funny <laughs> uh, so, for me it's not really anything like that crazy but we don't have sandhill cranes around here oh i totally forgot about this one yeah that's the, up I, in new york was it last year or two last years year. ago in the middle of our cornfield, two sandhill cranes right in front of the camera. Beautiful picture of we two sandhill cranes. We were scrolling through pictures, you know, deer, 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 fox, coyote, deer, whatever. And then we're like, what the hell? That's crazy. Are they do like, I've never seen a sandhill over here in my life. I've uh-huh. seen them, you know, out west, Wisconsin, you know, out there sure. where, where they spend plentiful, time. Yeah. But when those showed up on the camera, 
Like Tom was like, "What the hell is that?" I was like, "That shouldn't be here, but it's a sandhill crane." <laughs> there was two of them. It was two yeah. sandhill cranes together. I'm yeah. assuming a mating pair. Uh, I don't. I honestly don't know how different male and female look because I, I have no. I've never, mm-hmm. never really. We don't have anything about them. Yeah. So there was two. I'm assuming it was a mating pair, but that's. I have no knowledge of that. That's just a total assumption. Oh, do, do people but, hunt them? Like, are they not around here? No, obviously, oh, no, but, but yeah, out, out west. Yeah, oh, they. Our hunt buddy them. actually got one a couple years, two years ago. He got mounted. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're a cool, cool bird. But cool I bird. after I saw those on the camera, I was like. What were they doing here? And I looked. I have an app on my phone that I looked up just because of some guy that we had up in Alaska told me about this app, and it shows you any bird you want to look up. It shows you like their home range, their migrating range, their breeding range. It shows you everything throughout the U.S., South America, everything, and just a tiny little tip of their breeding range touches New York, like the a sliver touches New York, really? and they just barely came over like the one in a one in a million came over That's there cool. and was, it, I mean, was it a good picture oh, it was oh beautiful. perfect I'll show you after the podcast. they were it's... dead still right in front of the camera there <laughs> it was a great picture yeah i couldn't we were like i thought it was at first i was like maybe like a i was thinking red heron like we have blue herons all over the place. <laughs> but like, it's like, i'm like we found like, a new species yeah, i was like what is going because it looks kind of like a heron yeah and I, I was like i have no idea what the hell it was you know not thinking anything like why out of the you, ordinary yeah. yeah so that was I, that's cool. i would agree that that's because i was that was on our property we hunt together i forgot mm-hmm. about that huh that's really cool yeah it was yeah. a neat picture uh and the final uh question we got in was uh from johnny bravo 131 and he's asking uh what you're doing to keep mature bucks from seeing your cameras or being spooked by them uh not too much every all our cameras are in hoods and it does they don't spook mature bucks that's that's pretty much it uh, we don't do anything special we we keep them three four foot off the ground and i've had them as high as 12 foot in the air um so, and you know what the one we had a mature buck last year that the neighbor ended up killing uh that camera was 12 foot up and i have a video now it didn't spook him but he, he, he walked it. into that scrape and went and freaking looked right up at it. And there's been dozens of deer win there, worked that scrape, never even looked at that camera. It's mm-hmm. way up in there. Yeah. And I just, just stared at it. Yeah. 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 That's wild. Why? Why did he look up there? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and he wasn't a frequent visitor of that scrape. He had no clue. Yeah. No, there's no there's no way he should have known that was there, but he, he looked right up at it. So, was, huh. was that camera specifically, was that in one of your wood hoods? Yeah. All of all our cameras are. So, and where we have a lot of pictures of this buck, because we've had pictures of him for three years in a row, every picture we had, you know, I mean, he loves getting his picture taken, you know, but they it, it that, caught his, that caught his eye. So you can do whatever you want to your cameras. You're not going to, you know, you're either going to spook them or you're not. That's why we're switching over to black blackouts, because mm-hmm. I, I do see they, them get a little, you know, some will look at it. They'll get their picture taken. And then you won't see them again for a couple of weeks. Sometimes it won't. It bothers them one night. Won't bother them the next night. Don't know why. Hmm. So, I just rather them not see it. So we're gonna try it and see if it makes a difference. Yeah, it definitely can't hurt. No. Have, have you noticed but, like any brand of camera that seems like for daylight pictures? I know like the flash is one thing, but have you noticed like any certain brands of cameras don't seem to tip deer off more than another? Because I know you've used a lot of different brands. No, I think I think they all. You know, I really do. I really think uh, 
not checking them. You know, I think it's not going in there often. I do have a question. I'll write in a question from the Instagram. Uh, <laughs> I have never personally tested it with any camera that I've ever owned. But on deer like that, you know, you had that camera 12 feet in the air. That deer had no clue that camera was there. I have never sat in my living room and set off a camera. Like, do they make a minute sound? Have you ever done that? And yeah, like, some of our older or... cameras, they, they do. They do make a really slight like sound. Click but, it's or, not, you know, but it doesn't turn them inside out, you know. Like it, but it's they're something aware. that'll, they'll hear it and go, what was that? Yeah, well, I think he actually seen the red. Like it was, it was it's more the flash than any sound it I could think be so. making. Yeah, because when it's on video, it stays red the whole time. Yeah, so I yeah, think yeah. it was it was more of that. So, do you see that cameras, or I mean, deer react to your cameras more at night than during the day? Like if it's if it's about the flash during daytime photos, yeah, do you notice like less reaction? I do. That's what's making us switch a little bit. It's always at night. Mm-hmm. They they don't react to it during the day. Because so, you know what, our, our we don't pull our cameras hardly ever, so that they're used to those hoods being there. I mean, yeah. they're used to the cameras being there. Mm-hmm. Some of those cameras have been there for years. You know, we're gonna have to bring you back after season and see what you think <laughs> about your black flash. Cameras. Oh yeah, because it sounds like that. That if it sounds like it's mostly at night, so yeah, it's something to do with that flash. That's what I think it is. Because mm-hmm. I've I've tested it at night, and that's exactly it stays on. Like I thought, well maybe it, I didn't know how it worked really. But that, that IR light stays on that whole time. So if it's a 60-second 60 video, that light's staying on the whole time. Yeah. So they do get a little jumpy with that. Have you looked at the, the black flash ones at night? Like, have you tested that? Yeah. It's, and... it's like a really super light, like a bluish light. It's really light. You can't see it. Hmm. It's, all, it's, all, it's seriously almost black. Hmm. So... Yeah, I'm interested yeah. to see how they work because yeah. me and Frank had—I've never even heard of those. Yeah, I never—I've never heard of them. You have you, to send me some pictures. Say, like from I them. said, every buck's different. You know, yeah. I mean, we're just—we're just starting to send these teeth in, learning about you know, the, you know, sending these in, getting them aged, and a lot mm. of these bucks that we're killing are upper age class bucks, and you know, we're still still they're still there, and we're still killing them. So, yeah, how spooky is it making them? It's not like they're going yeah. miles. Yeah, even know? if they know about it, and it they get a little sketched out yeah. by it. They're not going anywhere. No, they, no, just, yeah. <laughs> and the next night they walk right by it. Like it's not even there. So I don't know. Just who knows? What, yeah. What, you never you know. know. <laughs> you said skit, the skitter bugs. You said the new <laughs> tactic cams have that black flash. Yeah. The XBs. Okay. Yeah. Cause it, Tom, Tom actually bought four of the, he's got, yeah. Four of the XBs. Uh, oh yeah. And then I got two, uh, the X's. Okay. So, like I said, he he got one for Christmas, and then he bought a couple more. Um, but we just the property that we put all all the cell cameras on. It's got logged a few years ago. It's super thick, um, and we just wanted to survey it as much as we could without going into the property because we we can easily survey like the the big farm ag fields around the outside, but we didn't want to have to go into the property unless we actually had to or wait till hunting season. So that's why we put cell cameras through the whole thing. But. You know, it's funny, this turkey season, we had a field, and I had four cameras around this field, and uh, just for turkeys, just surveying real low, foot off the ground. I mean, we're, we, you know, zooming in so right on the, spur the spurs. <laughs> <laughs> of course. It's, we were 600 yards away glassing the field one day. There was a big strutter out there, and he never got, there were all cell cameras. He never tripped never one Never set them off. So, yeah, he was out there four hens. 
was able and you to saw stay him walk by your camera. Oh yeah, huh. but stayed just out of range. Like if he, they were pretty much stayed right in the middle of the the oh. field. It's just funny, you know. Like if we, if it was on a stake, you know. But it's not like that food plot's huge, you mm-hmm. know. But yeah, they're just just out of range a little bit. Well, so yeah, you think you got it covered. If we didn't cams. see him with our eye, you know, we'd never know they were. Yeah, there, you'd assume so. they were never there. Yeah. Oh, and he's still alive, by the way. (laughs) You mean you didn't kill him? (laughs) They said that they'll detect like I think like ninety six feet. I think is what the cell. I don't think it's that far. I don't. I really don't don't. think it is either. But I have noticed. I have uh, the one cell camera I put out is like right on this like bank down to the creek. But I put it. You can kind of see the creek in the corner of it, but it's mostly like the heavy trail coming up out of it. And I've noticed I've gotten a few pictures of deer using the creek like up and downstream. And it, it's got to be at least fifty foot away, and it's picking it up. Okay, that's um, good. I mean, I, I can I'd have to order the HD photos from them to yeah to see exactly what it is. But yeah, twice now, and they've only been out for three days. I've gotten deer using the creek as crossing and not actually coming up out of it. Huh, that's interesting. But I was I was impressed that it actually picked them up. Yeah, it's tough to see them when they're that far away too. Like mm-hmm. I like them right. I I like it right in her face. That's why I like the mock scrapes. Because you can put those those cameras, you know. Let's say your, you know, this is your mock scrape vine. I'll put it three foot away. That camera's in their face, and I get great pictures. They they really don't they really don't care that much. Wait, do you put it on the tree? Yeah, the, the, the same yeah, scrape tree. I'll, yeah, I don't. So like if the branch yeah. is hanging over this way, you'll put it on that tree. Yeah. Well, down. I'll put it I'll put it on opposite tree facing back towards it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I won't put it on the tree. It's 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 on. Okay. Yeah, just a little bit further away. Give them some room. You know, but hmm. still, it's not like it's twenty feet. You know, yeah, I want it right close. There. So yeah, hmm. so hmm. Yeah, it doesn't seem to mess with them much. No, Mm-mm. good deal. Yeah, so well, appreciate you. So the one thing oh, too, oh. real quick about yep. having your cameras up high, the the yeah, it's nice, especially for you uh, public land hunters getting it up high. It definitely, you know, cause most of us walk around and we're just at that six foot height yep. and that's what we see six foot and below. We usually don't scan our eyes up high so your cameras can get away. But the only issue that we found putting it up high, it really shrinks up that detection zone a lot smaller. So instead of, you know, those cameras down at that four foot length, being able to scan out and, and cover up a big distance cause it goes out at an angle well, when you put it up high angling down, it really shrinks it up. So hmm. that's why another, you know, if you're going to do it up high, put it on a mock scrape. That way you're, you're focusing. Yeah. Yep. No they, they slow down long enough to where you can get a really good inventory of what you have. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine it's hard to, I mean, there's a couple cameras on the market now that you can use your phone to see live what the camera is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. But I can imagine putting them up 12 foot high, it, it makes a guessing game to figure out if you've got what it you're looking at. at the right angle. Cause I know that's before we started using the lone wolf cameras. It's always like somebody's out there in front, like, Oh yeah, move it a little to the left or angle. Well, it up, tactic angle cams. Down. Now they, they have the yeah, way tactic can. cams can do that as well. Oh yeah. They have okay. a red line through it. You just go ahead and pull it right up on the app when you're setting it up uh-huh. and, and, and set it, you can go ahead and look at it on your phone and tilt it just like those lone wolves. Most yeah. I got that idea, but that's a nice feature. Yeah. No, we yeah. use every time I set up a camera and even when I check it, cause like <laughs> yeah. you open it up and you're like, Oh, did I bump it a little yeah. bit? I check it every single time yeah. when I put the card back in, I'm, I always pull it up. I'm like, okay, it's looking in the right spot. It's, and, it was a game changer for us for setting cameras. Cause I don't know how many times I set a camera, thought it was good. 
it runs for two weeks. You go back and it's like actually <laughs> shit. I gotta just, move it. It's like just a little bit over, and you're just catching the ass of a deer. It's horrible. Yeah, yeah and it's I just know. like I wasted two. It weeks. is a guessing game. Mm-hmm. Whatever you think, you, uh, what I've noticed is. Um, you always need some kind of stick behind it to angle it down. It, yeah. They're usually always too high, no matter what. So that, if you think it's good, you need to go a little lower. That's why I love those lone wolves, because they are on like a knuckle. Yeah. And it's literally yeah, like I a like joint, them. and you can you don't have to shove a stick behind it to get it to aim <laughs> down or well, that, whatever. That's why I like those too, the the mounts, the tree mounts, the screws. Yeah, the yeah. screw-in tree mounts. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. When we're you going up high, that's exactly what we do. Mm-hmm. We zip-tie that hood you know, and everything right to it. Or the camera. We zip-tie the camera to the hood. You just use a couple just, eye hooks just, pretty much. It. Or What's I, that? Yeah, yeah, we. I, I have a couple, you know, the the HMEs and the, the you know, made, made the homemade jobbies. <laughs> yeah, and they work. You know, they they mm-hmm. work just to get that angle. Yeah, you know, definitely. But one of the things, real quick, you guys, yep. is I want to talk about is um, spiders and ants. I've been seeing a lot of problems with spiders and ants. I, I've never really had issues with ants. Uh, in any of our cameras, but spiders spider, are a big they problem. Spider make webs. webs right over top. It's yeah. a perfect little crevice for them so, to make a web over top of. So I don't know if I talked about it last time, but last year I got into spraying the insides of the hoods and the backside, and it lasts it lasts about three four weeks. But hmm. I want it to last longer. So what I did this year, especially is, with cell cams that you don't want to check, exactly, is I took um, moleskin and I attached moleskin strips up underneath the the hoods and everything so it stays dry and then i sprayed my repellent and killer right to that so Hmm. and it's been working great i haven't had any spider webs and how long have they been out like that uh it's going on six weeks i have never thought to do that i mean it's it seems like such a simple fix because yeah. all the time we get spider webs over top of the camera. Yeah. And you, and you can up go ahead and, and spray the trees and stuff, but you know it, it just the it just seems to dry up a lot faster. Yeah. So that's why you know putting it on the hood it keeps it you know even if it rains or something it keeps it. Yeah, because that's protected. It's protected. Yeah, I've never had the ant problem, but spiders on almost every camera. I oh get, yeah. They get I get webs right over the lens, yeah. over the hinges. And it's for your night photos. It's because it gets that reflection. Yeah, off the exactly. And blacks them right. Well, yeah, you can't so see irritating. anything. It looks like the sun's shining yeah. right into it. Yeah, yeah. we we'll get you know you get a couple good days of pictures, and then all of a sudden you get like this, like one blurry picture, and it's like what the hell was that? And it's probably a spider. And then like that night, all your pictures are just like glossed over. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's horrible. I hate yeah. it. So I've never thought about solving using, that problem just that's just that's one of it. those things i was like oh the moleskin works it. good because it absorbs that uh and we've actually been using natural shit peppermint you know that that uh peppermint oil uh-huh. freaking spiders hate it huh. must mess with their spidey senses <laughs> 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 yeah they hate it so it, it, it works good so i like the natural products it seems to be working good so you just put that right on the moleskin that's yeah. attached yep, inside. spray it right to it and I keep, uh, I have two strips right where the uh, the hinge is too, because they'll get in behind those hinges. Oh, yeah. You guys know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And so that that seems to take care of that problem. So I just like to keep everything clean, so you don't yeah, have to mess absolutely. with it. Especially for you guys that are hunting, you know, your hunting spots are hours or you know a f- few states away. You know, that's a, I that's, think that's yeah. an absolute must. Yeah, well, that's we, important intel that yeah. you don't want to drive three hours to go clean your camera. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, Tom and I have one property that hunts three hours away. Yeah. There's probably 15 cameras out up there, and I don't know how many times we've gone up there, and it's like four days in, spider web over the lens, and right. it's like the next three weeks were pointless. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Might as well not even have the camera out. Yeah. So the moleskin has is, is really been working well. 
And maybe you can go ahead and just attach it to your regular camera. But, you know, I'm just, you know, I just. I like the wood hoods, especially for wintertime. That was the. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do it, just leave it up. Yeah. You know, just leave Absolutely. it up. Absolutely. So. Yeah, we had a couple times we had, you know, because I, not all my cameras have them on them, but about half of them right now. And I noticed big time, like with snowstorms was the big. Yeah. You, know, you always, like, they always seem to just, the snow just hangs right over them too. Yeah. On top. So it was really nice for that. Yeah. Yeah. They work good. No doubt. Well, thanks again for mm. joining us. Thanks, uh, you guys. Thanks for having me again. Mm-hmm. No, it was good. We'll have to hopefully bring you back on for another success story this, oh, yeah. this fall. And yeah, I'm anxious to see what the inventory is looking like. So yeah. I'm anxious to see how they react to those beans. So, yeah. I mean, there's probably, I don't know, 40 acres worth. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got a lot of beans. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of beans. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess second time I tried to close out, but it made me think, Frank, the one property you hunt, um, has beans like mm-hmm. a lot of beans yep. and he's noticed a ton of like early season he's all on snapchat he'll send me videos of like big bucks out in the field an yeah. hour before dark. Oh, really? uh, i sit like for the first it's two ridiculous. weeks usually and i've been bugging my dad for four years now <laughs> there's like two spots that the deer come into the field and i'm like you need because he like doesn't hunt in the early season he's too busy or some stupid stuff <laughs> And I'm always like, you need to come with me, and you sit here, I sit here. We will kill a Pope and Young Buck. The tag, the tag no team. Doubt. Yeah. No doubt. And he never shows up, and I can't be in two places at once. <laughs> and he so always picks the wrong one. I'm always sending him videos. I'm like, oh, there's a great buck right where I told my dad to be, and he's not there. And it happens every single year. And it, the, they just hammer those beans in the early season. Yeah, they're they're they all over them. Hard on. And that, that's a big field. That's, I want to say it's like 30 acres probably. And they're every night. I got to sit in my stand for an extra hour after dark because they're just, just loaded in there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Hmm. How many cameras are you putting on a 40-acre bean field before we close it out? Probably <laughs> <laughs> none. Really? Probably none. You know, I mean, just how do you predict it? We don't have yeah, there's I mean, don't have much, stands on the yeah. on those edges. Mm-hmm. Actually, we do have a couple enclosed stands, but how do you predict it? Mm-hmm. Like we just concentrate yeah. on our plots, and that's it. That's it. So you, you do have a, a stand on the, the season's beans? long. You know, you let's got say, time. say you don't yeah. get an archery. All right, well then you got gun season. Let's say you don't give them a gun. You got late season. Late season's the best chance. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great chance to go big buck. Yeah. I love late season. Love it. Is so that just because I don't get, get too excited this early season with the late season like what's your you method got, why do you why do i love late season because yeah. they gotta eat once once it once that temperatures drop you know they're they're already beat up from the rut you know they've been chased all over hell's half acre they got from no gun weight season, on them. and they got they gotta eat mm-hmm. so they're they're coming so yeah you want to try to close <laughs> this out again <laughs> uh yeah so thanks again uh, i want to talk to thanks you, you guys hopefully some success stories later in the year definitely um, success stories but I hope this helped you guys out. This is we had a couple requests actually to have uh, somebody come in and talk about trail cameras. So yeah, this worked cool. out really love, good. Love trail um, cameras. So thanks for that, and uh, make sure you guys are all getting your cameras out there and getting outside.